actress Catherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 today. From Nashville, Tennessee, welcome to Music City 911. I'm your host, Brandon Hall. And sitting in for Rick Beasley tonight is... Amanda Hatt. Amanda, tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience, what you think about working in the 911 field, things like that. Well, I've been a dispatcher for eight and a half years. Not a very long time compared to you or Beasley (laughs) or even your guest host last week. Yeah. Um, But um, I love this job. It's a great job. Um, Hoping hoping we can get that first responder status so that when I do finally retire, it'll be a little bit earlier. That is a big deal. It yeah. is a huge deal. Um, but yeah, it's a, I love this job. I'm probably going to be here for another 30 years. 30 years. Yes, another 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it's uh, I've been there 20 and I've got 20 more to go. So Good. if we get that uh, first responder in, I think it'll bump that down to, for me anyway, about 12 more, I think, something like that. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not. that's not too bad at all. But, you know, that's still... 12 more years yeah so, you know I, I read about other places that are you know really lucky to have 25 and out or something like that and yeah. for their dispatchers that would be incredible i mean i i can't imagine being 45 years and years old and getting a pension you know it'd be that, pretty cool that would be amazing <laughs> so have you got any type of calls uh, relating to this whole virus thing we got going on we've uh, kind of talked about that a little bit and how some of the mm-hmm. calls are just nuts crazy and all that kind of stuff so have you taken any of yourself uh, absolutely. Um, my, <laughs> so I, I definitely got a call one day about a lady who called in because she saw a group of guys playing basketball and she was positive. There were more than 10 of them outside of this church playing basketball or people gathering on a corner somewhere and they're not supposed to be that close together all day long, <laughs> all day long. Yeah. I've, I've taken a few like that too. It's, I mean, it's incredible. I'm just, I'm really waiting for the day where if somebody calls in and says, somebody's buying more than one package of toilet paper. Yes. <laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> uh, you know, this is just me and you talking. So, I mean, I'm sure somebody out there listening or somebody that works with us even is probably actually taking the call like they that. They probably have. Yeah. So, speaking of weird and kind of funny calls, uh, we, well, actually, I here a few days ago just asked uh, on one of our Facebook groups about 911 to, um, ask if any of the dispatchers had kind of calls you know from callers the type of things they they love to hate and uh you know i use the kind of examples of i pay your taxes and this is not an emergency but and just kind of went from there 
got a ton of responses. I can't read all of them tonight, uh, but I'm going to kind of scroll over here and get a few of the, the good ones that just kind of jump out at me because there's there's a lot. They're all great. I, I've read through every single one of them. They're, they're incredible. So the one that kind of jumps out at me initially is there are two birds on the beach. They're fighting, and one is getting his ass kicked. Can you send an officer to break this up? <laughs> response yeah exactly (laughs) running with the lights and sirens out to that one uh let's see what else we have here um (laughs) amanda have you got any you're you're looking at right now that you've jumping out at you yeah one of my favorites when people call 911 is i tried to call the non non non-emergency number but nobody was answering People yeah. have no idea. We answer both of those numbers. That happens. I can see <laughs> almost every single day. It seems every like every single day. Uh, let's see what's some other good ones we got here. <laughs> what was the magnitude of that earthquake? <laughs> <laughs> but the response that this person that posted here is is actually incredible. Uh, what is your address? One two three four five. Okay, in what street? <laughs> <laughs> that actually happens yeah, a lot. That does. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, I don't know where I am. Just GPS me. Yeah, that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And for some calls, we can do that, but it's not always accurate. So that don't rely on that at all. That's not necessarily something we can always do or pull up like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't rely on that. Try to keep up with where you're at. That's one of the you know things we like about the show is trying to push a little bit of education, you know, keeping it funny, right. having some good stuff on there. But at the same time, we like to educate along the way and just kind of know your surroundings. If you are in front of a business, generally above the door or somewhere around the door, there is a, a number, you know, right. for an address. I'll tell people, look at that. If you're on a, in a residential area, something like that, look at a mailbox, find right. the address that way. If you don't know the street you're on, you're probably a block away from a street sign. Exactly. You have to help us help you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And they don't, they don't, uh, you know, a lot of callers, they just, they they don't know where they're at, where they're going to, where they've been, all that kind of good stuff. So Mm -hmm. uh, another good one we got. Three days ago, I swear I saw a child abduction. It's been weighing on my mind and I just thought I should call. (laughs) (laughs) Oops, they're yeah. long gone by now, if that's what you saw. Yeah, there's, and <laughs> that's one that we get, too. I mean, it's granted not as frequent, um, yeah. but in a situation sort of like that, maybe not like the child abduction, but, you know, oh, I saw a man and a woman fighting on the street. Okay, when was this? Oh, it was last week. Yeah. Okay, we'll get right out there and look around for them, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully they're in the same spot as you saw. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> and actually one that I actually posted on there, too. This vehicle's going 300 miles an hour, passing people on a quadruple yellow line. And on top of that, he's uh, trying to drive on the median wall. He's going to kill somebody. And I got kids in the car. <laughs> so if you didn't have kids in the car, all that would be completely and totally it fine. It would be. It'd be perfectly fine. <laughs> My favorite is when they complain about that and they're keeping up with him. Yeah. Yeah, they won't. They'll tell him. I'm not going to stop I'm following I'm not going to stop following <laughs> So getting back into a little bit of business, as we've done a few times before, Go ahead and send us a like on Facebook, uh, Music City 911. Just look us up there. We also have the Music City 911 podcast discussion group. That way, if you have, have any questions for us or any other dispatchers, you can get up up there and you know post those questions. And 
if you're listening to this episode, go ahead and send a tweet to us also. Um, we're at Music City 911 on Twitter. Say that you're listening to this episode, and uh, we'll give you a shot back. So from there, we'll move on to our first call of the night. Um, it is a kind of a messed up call. It's from here in Tennessee. It's from a little town. I don't know what Springfield's probably about uh, 30 minutes northwest of Nashville, somewhere around there. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not too far away. Um, the suspect in this had ties to Nashville, so the Nashville police actually got involved in this a little bit. It was it's not too much, but um, you know we'll just kind of like anything else. I mean, we've we've given you a little bit about the the call up front, but uh, for the most part, we're going to leave it blank and just see what you have to say about it. Now, one location of your emergency. Yeah, two four six Clydesdale Lane. In Springfield. You're in Springfield? Yeah, Springfield, Tennessee. It's uh, right behind Oakland Farms. Okay, what's going on? All right, this is what's happened. Um, I've been married 12 years. On, on, the, on the 4th, which would have been two nights ago at 4 a.m., um, I shot my wife in the temple of her head. I thought I killed her, and um, I put her in the freezer out in the garage. Well, I checked on her tonight, and she's not dead. Um, she's uh, got a big hole in the temple of her head, and um, um, to get her body moved around in there, I think I broke her wrist. You know, she was frozen from being in the, in the thing she'd been thing 48 hours now uh, this, this is no prank call I need somebody to get out there and help I've cleared I've cleared the premises I've got away you know I'm not going to be there um, but I, I promise you this is a legit call and I need somebody to get out there and help her because I, I, I still love her Just it's hard hard to believe after that, you know, but, um, you know, I, I need to get somebody out there to help her. Okay, what what, I, what happened that what caused you to do that? Um, it, it's a long story. Don't want to get into it. Just want to want to get into getting somebody out there to help her. It's, I left the front door open. I left all the lights on in the house. So... It would be kind of easy to spot. It's the last house on the right on Clydesdale Lane. Um, but I left the front door open, and she's in the garage. You go through the kitchen to get into the garage, and you'll see her once you get in the garage. And, and she's a mess. She can't talk. I could get her to blink. Blink once means yes. Blink twice means no. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, so I told her, I'm going to go around the road 10, 15 miles. I'm going to call 911 and get you some help out here. I, I thought she'd been dead two days. And when I checked on her, she was still alive. She's been frozen for two days. She's frozen solid. It's amazing she's still alive. Um got a big, big hole in the temple of her head. I shot her with a 38 
caliber uh, handgun. And uh, there's a big hole in the temple of her head. I didn't see an exit wound. Uh, what is her name? Samantha Parker. she a white female? Yes. How old is she? Uh, 43 years old. And how long ago did you leave there? Uh, an hour ago. And that's the last time you saw her? Yes, that's the last time I saw her. And she was still in the garage? Garage. I made her as comfortable as I could make her. She tried to drink a little water. Um, you know, she couldn't talk, couldn't her jaw. She's, she's in bad shape. Really need to get slammed to help her. And the address is 246 Clodsdale Lane? Yes, ma'am. Okay, what is your name? Okay, we'll send somebody out there to her. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like urgent, you know, I think she died, you know. Uh, she got a, a big hole where temple, you know, the temple of your head is, you know what I mean? Right. Um, hopefully, you know, I, I love her, I still love her, you know, um, I've loved her every day I've been married to her. She's had a, a rough stretch here. And, uh, anyway, I checked on her and she's still alive. And now I want to get her somebody to help her that knows what they're doing. And I got to stay out of trouble too. So. Okay, we'll send somebody out there. I'm not going to give you my name, sir. Okay, that's fine. Hey, make a note on there. I left the front door open, and all the lights are on. And you go to the garage, you can't yell for you. You can't yell. But you go to the garage, to, and that's where you'll see her once you get to the garage. Okay. We'll send somebody out there. If she needs, you know, paramedics, she needs, she needs everything. She needs an ambulance. You know, she needs, she needs trauma. She's trauma. I mean, she's a trauma base. She might need a helicopter. Um, you know, 
Okay. Thank you. Around 2.35 in the morning, Parker, the person you heard on the phone, contacted police and advised he killed his wife. When officers arrived at the family's Clydesdale Lane home, they found the body of Parker's wife, Samantha Parker, partially dismembered and placed in the freezer. It was an upright freezer. That afternoon, Joseph Parker traveled north of the Tennessee-Kentucky border on I-65 and was later found at around mile marker 12, deceased inside his vehicle from apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. So, Amanda, this call, it's, you know, 2.35 in the morning. You're on the midnight shift. Mm-hmm. You're in Springfield, Tennessee, a small town. Oh, yeah. Probably nothing going on at all. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. I don't know, but... You know, going on what we have in Nashville, 2.35 in the morning, I don't know what day it was that that this actually happened, you know, the actual day itself, but I can't imagine there's anything huge going on up there at the time. And they, the, the call taker, you know, she did a great job. She let him talk. She let him mm-hmm. explain everything. But what do you think? You get a call like this, you know, middle of the night like this and just goes from nice and quiet to, oh, my God, real quick. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, the first thing about this call that stands out to me is how calm this guy is, how his demeanor is, um, and how he keeps repeating that he loves his wife. Yeah. That that blows my mind. But this call taker did a really good job just letting him get everything out that he needed to say, didn't interrupt him a lot, so she could get as much as she could from him. Yeah, it's – and. Just how he kept, you know, repeating a lot of the stuff. And, you know, I mean, it's it's fine for something like this, you know, for a smaller call, you know, and especially on the shifts that we both work. I'm on first shift, you're on second shift. Mm-hmm. The calls are back to back. You have to, you get the information you need, you're off the phone with these people. Right. But for something like this, you, you know, pretty much just let the person talk. I mean, they're confessing a, a very big crime. Mm-hmm. Let them confess. Let them keep on going where you're, wherever they're going with it. Let their mind flow. Tell every little detail about the call and get it. And, you know, it's on a recorded line. It makes the job for the police a whole lot easier, you know, especially in this case because he killed himself. They couldn't question him afterwards. So, Mm -hmm. really, the confession is on this tape. That's it. That's all they have. Right. So, that's, yeah, um, so much on this call. It's it's really just hard to get a grasp on the whole thing. And it'd be hard to not think that it's a prank because we get those people. I don't know what what's going on in these people's minds, but they call in fake calls from disconnected cell phones and stuff all the time. Yeah. I know we have a problem right that with a guy right now in Nashville who calls in saying someone's breaking into his home all the time. And he's nearby where he's calling. So his phone's constantly hitting near where he's saying he's at, but he's actually somewhere else nearby and we can never find this guy. Yeah, it's, that's probably, uh, what are they, I can't remember, there's a term for those people who do like to see the police respond, like that's mm-hmm. thing that really gets them going, and I, I'll have to think, and if you, any of y'all know, you know, just hit us up on Facebook or Twitter with the name of that, I can't remember what the term is, but it's someone who, I, I don't know if that's a good way to put it, gets off on actually watching the police respond to something, so right. if he's right around there, he can stand back far enough to see them pull up or hear their sirens or whatever they're doing. Right. So, yeah, that's, I mean, it's always a possibility something like that's a prank call. And if it is, you know, they go out there, they check it, 
move on to the next call. You know, it's, uh, it's all they can do, but you know, we take something like this pretty seriously the whole time that the call taker is on the phone. If they're a dispatch center like ours, I'm not sure if they are or not, or if she's the only one, she might've been the only call taker there. They may have a call taker and dispatcher. They may have one call taker and dispatcher total. Right. She does both of them. And while she is on the phone with this person, she's muted her part of it and talking on the radio, getting the police started out that way. Right. Exactly. Which may also be another reason why we don't hear her saying a whole lot. Yeah. It, it could be both ways. I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. from Springfield's listening, you know, try to let us know about that. If, if the call taker, you know, yourself, cause this just happened, I believe it was last year. Um, yeah, go ahead and hit us up. See, you know, let us uh, let us know what you your thoughts on this was. So, moving on to our next set of calls. Uh, this was from a very high profile case. Uh, a lot of these nine one one calls they were you know played during the court case itself. Um, this is uh, just when I say a big case. As soon as I say the name of uh, the person, everyone will immediately know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Casey Anthony yep. and her daughter Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Um, from what we know about the case and everything, that uh, you know, it started out. Uh, well, I guess we can just play the tape and and see what you think about it, and kind of go from there, and then discuss that and the outcome of what happened and everything directly afterwards. So we'll go ahead and get straight into it. When police sound to be recorded, I can help you. Pershing and come on. Thank you. Hello. Hi, I'm, I drove to the police department here on Pershing, but you guys are closed. I need to bring someone into the police department. Can you tell me where I can, the closest one I can come into? What, what are you trying to accomplish by bringing them to the station? I have a 22-year-old person that has um, grand theft sitting in my auto with me. So the 22-year-old person stole something? Yes. Is this a relative? Yes. Where did they steal it from? Um, my car and also money. Okay, is this your son? Daughter. Okay, so your daughter stole money from your car? No, my car was stolen. We've retrieved it today. We found out where it was at. We've retrieved it. I've got that, and I've got affidavit for my banking account. I want to bring her in. Okay. I want to press charges. Where, where did all of this happen? Oh, it's, it's been happening. No, no, but I need to establish a jurisdiction is what I'm trying oh, to do. Oh, I live in um, in Orlando. Yeah, but what address did these thefts occur at? Um, well, I guess my residence, I guess. Four nine, okay. 4937 Hope Spring Drive. That's actually going to be in the jurisdiction of the sheriff's office, ma'am, not okay. the Orlando Police Department. All righty. Let, let me transfer you over to the communications section for Orange County. Okay. Now, is the Orlando Sheriff's Department the one on 436 that is that open this afternoon, this evening? Uh, the substation you're at on Pershing, if it's Orlando Police, we're, we're open primarily during the day. Uh-huh. But that's not the sheriff. That's the city police, which does not right. have jurisdiction for your I know there's a sheriff's department on, I mean, on 436. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to transfer you to the sheriff's communications section, and you can um, determine that. Hold on. Okay. My next thing will be down to trial thing, and we'll have a court order to get her 
stuff. What do you want to play? We'll do it. And you'll never. Well, then you have. No, I'm not giving you another day. I've given you a month. Okay, so on that portion of the call, pretty standard stuff. I mean, other than. I won't say it's standard. We have stuff like this happen a lot. It sounds like the woman is trying to report her daughter, or I'm not even sure if she said her daughter during that call, a 22-year-old that had taken some money from her bank account or something along that lines, right? right. So for me, I mean, that's, um, I mean, it could be just a simple fraud. So on your end, Amanda, what do you think, if you got a call like this, what, how would you deal with it? Well, first of all, I would think it was just a simple fraud at this point. She's given no mention of about a missing child. Yeah. Uh, so we have no idea that's even going on, which I don't understand how that's not the most important thing we're calling about right now. Yeah. I, I mean, because we all, you know, pretty much everybody knows about this case and everything along with it. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's the, the grandmother of the child that's in the car there that's right. reporting all this. Mm-hmm. The first thing I guess, guess to me is that, Casey Anthony herself is trying to hide that part of it as well. I mean, she's been a month, right. heard she was a big, you know, partier, that type thing, what we found out in the court case and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That, you know, for this, she may just be trying to avoid the whole thing in general. Right. Um, and maybe this is just a way for, it was her mom that was on the tape there, to get her to try to speak up about the other thing. Maybe like a scare tactic. Yeah. What if I get maybe. you for this? Maybe you'll finally tell me where, where my granddaughter is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's actually a good point. And I, you know, as far as the that portion of the court case, I don't know if they mentioned something like that and they're questioning or not, but uh, that's actually a really good point. And if they didn't, they should have. And from there, we actually jump into the second call we have from it. And I think this is actually probably just a continuation of the first call. They were, they were broken up. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is more than likely just her talking to the sheriff's department and uh, a few other facts just kind of pop up during this one. So we'll go ahead and roll this one. Four nine three seven Hope Spring Drive. Four nine three seven Hope Spring Drive. Or okay, what's happening? Um, I have someone here that I need to um, be arrested in my home. They're and there right I have now. A possible missing child. I have a three-year-old that's been missing for a month. A three-year-old? Yes. Have you reported that? I'm trying to do that now, ma'am. Okay, what did the person do that you need arrested? My daughter. For what? For stealing an auto and stealing money. I already spoke with someone. They said they would patch me through the Orlando um, Sheriff's Department, have a deputy here. I was in the car. I was going to drive her to the police station, and no one's open. They said they would bring a deputy to my home when I got home to call them. So she stole your vehicle? Yes. When did she do that? Um, on the 30th, I just got it back from the impound. I'd like to speak to an officer. Can you have someone come out to my house? Okay. Okay, i got to ask you these questions so I can put them in the, in the call, okay? Okay. 30th of June? Yes. Okay, how old is your daughter? 22. Okay, what's your name? My name? Her name. Her name, Casey Anthony. C-A-S-E-Y. And your name? Cynthia Anthony. 
Cynthia, can I get a phone number that I can reach you at? Um, 407-808-4731. And you said you have the vehicle back? Yes. And I have the um, statement. Casey's there right now? Yes, I got it. I finally found her after a month. She's been missing for a month. I found her, but we can't find my granddaughter. Okay, how tall is Casey? Um, five foot one and a half. Thin, medium, or heavy build? Thin. Color hair? Brown. What color uh, shirt is she wearing? White. What color pants? Oh, they're shorts. They're um, plaid. They're like pink and teal and white and black plaid. Does she have any weapons on her? No. Is Casey not telling you where her daughter is? Correct. Okay, we'll have a deputy out to you as soon as one's available, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. So this call, the same type of thing, a little bit extra information. Uh, what did you pick up on this one? It was the same type of call. She was saying the same stuff, except for the one thing that she put in there for a brief second was that she was also possibly reporting a missing child. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of ramps things up just, I mean, a little bit. It's still, for us, from the circumstances they, they said, it would probably still be what we consider a code one call, what they do, regular thefts, missing persons, things like that. They didn't really go into the whole missing child thing too much, you know, so it's probably one of those things where they just get out there and they, you know, take all the info down, whatever, but they didn't really kind of hone in on that aspect of it too much. Right. The next call we get into, I think that maybe the grandmother herself, the caller, has probably found out a little bit more about it and is trying to, you know, kind of, I mean, she's calling back to the, the sheriff's department again trying to figure this all out and report what she's found now. And this that kind of, I mean, that actually does step it up quite a bit. So we'll go ahead and go into that one now. 4937 Hope Spring Drive. We're talking about a three-year-old little girl. 4937 what? Hope Spring. H-O-P-E-S-P-R-I-N-G. Drive Orlando. My daughter finally admitted that the baby's in the store. I need to find her. Your daughter admitted that your ba the baby is where? But the babysitter took her a month ago that my daughter's been looking for. I told you my daughter was missing for a month. I just found her today, but I can't find my granddaughter. And she just admitted to me that she's been trying to find her herself. There's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today, and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. Okay, what is the three-year-old's name? Kaylee. C-A-Y-L-E-E. -E, Anthony. Kaylee Anthony? Yes. Okay, is she white, black, or Hispanic? She's white. 
How long has she been missing for? I have not seen her since the 7th of June. What is her date of birth? Um, 8, 8, 9, 2000, oh God, she's 3, she's 2005. So it's Katie missing. Katie's missing. Katie's missing. Katie's missing for a month ago. She's missing for a month ago. Okay, I just can, I need, I, I understand, can you just, can you calm down for me for just a minute and just, I need to know what's going on, okay? I'm going to try and talk. <laughs> is your, is your daughter there? I'm on the phone with them. Is your daughter there? Yes. Can I speak with her? Do you mind if I speak with her? Thank you. I called them two hours ago. They haven't gotten here. They finally admitted them there. He took her a month ago. Ma'am. 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 Okay, they're here. They want to talk to you. Hello? Hello? Yes. Hi. Well, can you, can you tell me what's going on a little bit? I'm sorry? Can you tell me a little bit what's going on? My daughter's been missing for the last 31 days. And you know who has her? I know who has her. I've tried to contact her. I actually received a phone call today, now from a number that is no longer in service. I did get to speak to my daughter for about a moment, about a minute. Okay, she, did you guys call I, and report a vehicle stolen? Um, yes, my mom did. Okay, okay so there's been a vehicle stolen too? No, this was my vehicle. What vehicle was stolen? Um, it's a 98 Pontiac Sunfire. Okay, I have deputies on the way to you right now for that. But now you're, now you're three old, okay, your three-year-old daughter's missing. Kaylee Anthony. Yes. White Kaylee female. Anthony. Yes, white female. Three years old, 8, 9, 2005 is her date of birth? Yes. And you last saw her a month ago? 31 days. From 31 days. Who has her? Do you have, do you have a name? Her name is Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. Who is that? Babysitter? She's, she's been my nanny for about a year and a half, almost two years. And why, why are you calling now? Why didn't you call 31 days ago? I've been looking for her and have gone through other resources to try to find her, which is stupid. Okay. Can you, can you give me the name of the, the nanny again? Like, spell it out for me? Zenaida, Z-E-N-A-I-D-A. Last name? Fernandez. Fernandez? Hyphen Gonzalez. I think the officers are here. The officers are there? Yes. Okay, hold on a second. Don't hang up with me yet. I need to... Okay. So that was the the third call that we had on it, and obviously it kind of jumped up from there. Amanda, you have, uh, I mean, admittedly, I I know kind of the broad details about this case and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't follow along really closely with it like a lot of America did. Uh, you know a little bit more about it, so um, go ahead and take a little bit of it, this, give some details, all that kind of thing. Sure. So the last time that Kaylee was seen alive was on June 16th of 2008 in the 
the family home of the Anthony's because Casey still lived with her parents at that time at that time. So the defense claims that Kaylee actually drowned that day on June 16th in the family pool and that Casey and her father, George, were the ones who together covered it up and hid the body. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. But during that day as well, there were some a lot of internet activity on a computer that was signed in by Casey. And one of the things she looked up was foolproof suffocation. Um, later came the chloroform, um, all those other things that we've heard about. So also during that day, uh, she had received a 26-second call from her father, which the defense says it was him saying that he took care of everything. Oh, well, that's kind of telling right there. It is, but we don't know if that's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's there, there's so much. there, And, you know, from what we... From what I've read about it, too, is that the, the little girl, or at least her bones, were found. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't give an actual determination of what actually killed her, but on her skeletal remains, they found duct tape uh, mm-hmm. in or around where her mouth would have been. Right. And, um, you know, that, that was kind of telling, I guess, of what may have happened, but because of, I'm guessing, the decomposition of the body, they couldn't really mm-hmm. determine what actually did happen. Right. And that was probably, for Casey anyway, uh, her one of her saving graces that, that she had as far as, you know, getting the not guilty plea or, you know, the not guilty verdict, I mean. Right, right. And the body was only found a quarter of a mile from the Anthony home, which was also very odd. Yeah, that is pretty odd. And, and especially, too, um, she made mention of, I'm guessing it was her nanny or whoever it was, the uh, mm-hmm. Hernandez woman. Right. Um, saying that she had the kid and she spoke with her just a few minutes uh, for about a minute today. And, you know, she's been missing for 31 days, that type thing. And, you know, so she was trying to lay the blame on somebody else. It was just, it was straight lie after lie the entire time that she was, you know, being questioned about this. And I'm sure probably to the, the grandmother as well. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. I can only speculate that she was probably, you know, from what we learned, she was partying and stuff like that, probably on drugs, strung out some way. People on drugs will do crazy, crazy things. And, you know, this is a good example of it, if that's the case. Right, right. So on October 2008, Casey was indicted by a grand jury of charges of first-degree murder, aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter of a child, and four counts of providing false information to police. So jump ahead to July 5th, 2011, she was acquitted of all the felony charges, first degree murder, aggravated manslaughter, and aggravated child abuse, only convicted of the four misdemeanor charges of filing false information to law enforcement. And on top of that, she receives credit for time served and her release date is set for July 17th of 2011. So in total, she actually served a little bit over three years in jail while she was awaiting trial and things like that it it's still you know i think one of the biggest public uproars that she had uh, against her anyway is that once the trial was over she only served a few days past the trial actually in in jail or prison or you know wherever they were they were holding her was probably a jail she did at least serve you know some time like that you know a little bit over three years to me, it still isn't enough, and I'm sure I know that everyone out there still doesn't. They three years—that's that's not enough for 
the loss of life for a, a little girl like this. But in saying that, uh, I mean, there's a lot more to it. I mean, accidental or not, there, and I think there are new laws in place now. I think we, we talked about this while we mm-hmm. weren't on, uh, you know, talking here. But if there's not, there should be. You know, I know a lot of states have kind of adopted this. If you don't report a, a child missing within a certain length of time, you can be, you know, prosecuted for just that, mm-hmm. not, pro, not not reporting a, a child missing within a certain length of time. Right. I, different, call different things by different states, I'm sure. But this is a, you know, great example of something like that. If we can't say that we could have, you know, we, I say we as law enforcement, but in general, if this, you know, child could have been saved or not, we we don't know. Right. Um, but for me, I mean, that, that little amount of time served is just incredible for, I mean, you can name off a thousand different things that people serve more time for. And there's a little, little girl that's dead. And granted from, you know, a court of law standpoint, she was found not guilty, but right. right. Her defense team did their job. They yeah. proved the reasonable doubt for that jury to find her not guilty. But, you know, truth be told, I'm sure she had some sort of, you know, play into the death of this child. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I have no doubt in my mind. I don't think there's anybody in this world that, that yeah. doesn't believe that she did this. Yeah. I mean, even if it was, say that she was on a drug bender or something like that, and, you know, she fell asleep for, I don't know, two days or something like that, and the kid mm-hmm. fell down some steps or, you know, some sort of an accident she would still be found guilty of, you know, negligence of some sort, you know, for right. uh, against her child. She still would have served more time. There's so much more to it. And they should have, I don't know if they should have put like some sort of a fail safe type charge on her just in case something like this happened. I don't know. I mean, I, I, as a prosecuting attorney, I would have tried to just lay everything I could on her. That way, if something like this were to happen, that at least they could get her on this other stuff and, now she's never going to be able to be charged with this stuff, at least as far as I know. Right. And she's out walking the streets free as a bird. And um, I think I even just read a little <laughs> while ago that she's pregnant with another kid. I really hope that's not true. I Sterilization is all. It's <laughs> yeah. all I can say for people like that. Oh, my God. I, that's one of the things like this, this case. It's been reviewed probably a thousand times by, you know, different news media outlets, you know, pro- po- probably podcasts themselves as well. No telling how many uh, times it's been gone over. There's tons of information about it out there. Um, we can't go over all of it. It's just, there's so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the trial took, I, it was several weeks. I'm wanting to say, wasn't it? it yeah, um, it was. Well, I mean, she was, what did I say? She was indicted October, 2008. So it was at two, 2011, um, that the trial actually took place. And I think it said it was 10 hours that the jury was out uh-huh. is all it was. <sighs> 10 hours. That's all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, granted you can talk about a lot in 10 hours. I mean, I, I can't really say one way or another, but to come back with a, a with the not guilty verdict in 10 hours on something like this, huge, that's pretty huge. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, there there's, that's, that's the one other things too. You get indicted for something, you may not go to trial for a long time. I mean, there's there's cases I've looked into uh, here locally um, that we're probably going to be, be reviewing in the future that it happened, say, in 2017, and they mm-hmm. still have not gone to trial about it yet. And these people, 
granted, you know, they're likely guilty of it, whatever like that. They're sitting in prison the whole time or jail awaiting trial for this thing. Sometimes they get out, though, and they're still walking the street, you know, and they have to go mm-hmm. back to uh, back to jail afterwards if they're found guilty. But this case, I think she was pretty much, she was indicted. She was walking the streets. Yeah, she was bailed out time. every time. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. kept getting bailed out, and by her parents, so. The, the same person that called, uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just so much, so much. There's a lot to it. So there's a whole lot more to talk about on this. Um if you wanted to get into discussing about it, we, like I said, we, before we have this, uh, the, the podcast discussion group on Facebook, you can look us up at music city, nine one one podcast discussion and, um, just go ahead and join. We'll let you in, have a chat about it. Tweet us about this one too. Um, this, this is something we can talk about for days and days and days and people give their opinions on it. If you know more facts about it, I'm sure there's lots of people that would love to hear those out there. So uh, go ahead and hit us up on that, and I think that's probably going to do us for the, for the evening anyway. Um, right. Amanda, I'm really glad you came on the show tonight and had all this really, really good information <laughs> about this case because, like I said, I, I was just really kind of broad about this whole thing. Sure. Um, caught the highlights of the news. I know there are people out there who watched the case, you know, second by second and really, really got deep into it, so I'm glad somebody mm-hmm. else with – more knowledge of this case actually was able to come on the show and talk about it. So thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you having me and I enjoyed myself. Okay. Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up for the evening then. Uh, Until next time, I'm Brandon Hall. And I'm Amanda Hatt. We'll see you guys. Bye. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.